we are still locked into this thing of like women have to be in touch with their femininity men have to be in touch with their masculinity it's bullshit we need to be in touch with us and does that involve parts that are deeply instrumental and fierce and does that involve people parts that are exquisitely tender and submissive absolutely yes in every arena of our lives so we need to allow ourselves that color but is it hard is it scary it absolutely is it's terrifying because there are these electrified tripwires of gender taboo that scare almost all of us scare me. I'm 66 years old and I grew up in that environment. Our youngest child is transgender and dances back and forth between gender expression in the way that is in a way that is just it's not an issue. I wish that I could do that. I have too many fears. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men, this way. Do you repress your self-expression for reasons conscious or otherwise? Do you find it difficult to cry? or feel real joy? And might you disconnect from the world around you out of self-protection? Well, in this episode, my brilliant guest, Ken Page, and I mine these questions and more for wise insights that could make a meaningful difference in your life. Now, this is a really unique conversation. I only became familiar with Ken's work recently when my wife, Sylvie, pointed me in his direction. She is a fan. Uh, Ken is a licensed certified what is it, LCSW licensed certified social worker. He's also a psychotherapist and he's a leading voice of hope and wisdom for everyone seeking to find and cultivate healthy, lasting love. He's the host of the Deeper Dating podcast with over a million downloads. That ain't no small feat. And the author of the best-selling book Deeper Dating: How to Drop the Games of Seduction and Discover the Power of Intimacy. He's been featured in Oh, the Oprah Magazine, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Cosmopolitan, The Advocate, and more. Now, what I loved about this conversation is we talk about a really important subject that really we don't often talk about here. And some of you might not want to talk about it, yet whether you like it or not, the world we live in is now inextricably mired in this. And, and I will say that I believe that the fact that, that maybe you or perhaps not you, but, but I mean, if you're listening to this, this podcast, you're probably totally willing to have this conversation, but, but many people are not. And the fact that they're resistant to talking about this at all and don't even want others to talk about it is the very reason we're mired in it, stuck in a battle of resistance and discord. And I'm talking about gender identity. Now, Ken and I talk in depth about that, but we don't just talk about that. We talk about the essential core gifts that this ongoing exploration can bring to all people, and particularly how it can help men learn to be more fully authentic, more enlivened, more fully alive. And none of that means letting go of identifying as men or going beyond the labels of, of, of man and woman into some unfamiliar new world of non-binary language. No, I for one love identifying as a man, and I don't imagine I'll give that identity up in this lifetime. Now, maybe when I'm a wild old man and I don't care anymore, 
but I'll still be a wild old man. And I confess, I am personally not intending on ever putting my pronouns in my social media bios. Not because I don't think anyone should, but because it feels like me doing that kind of forces me into an inquiry that I feel like I've already thoroughly explored. But maybe I haven't. Maybe there is far more to learn from gender exploration. Again, not with the aim of possibly dropping my identity as a man, but rather as a pathway to becoming more fully alive. I mean, isn't that what life is all about? To live fully alive? Anyway, Ken and I have a rich and revealing and profound wisdom conversation. And I'm not sure what specific actions or distinctions you'll come away with, but I think that's the paradoxical gift of a true wisdom conversation. We may not quite be able to pinpoint exactly what we've learned, and yet we're somehow transformed by the experience all the same. Now, before we dive in, it's time to read a recent review on the podcast because your reviews matter. They help this show bring in more listeners. They help me continue attracting compelling and interesting guests. And your reviews will ultimately help me make this a better production. God willing, someday it starts generating some revenue due to lots of great reviews. So we are all served by you leaving a review. It's the full life cycle at play. So if you hear me read your review, please email me at support at brianreeves.com or you can contact me through my website also. And you'll get free lifetime access to either my love, sex, relationship, magic program or the boundaries program. Relationships suck without boundaries. And here's today's review. It's from proy.con. And proy says, wow. I have been listening on and off for about three years and feel called to write something after this last episode about the tragic loss of creativity within men. This spoke to my soul and I could not agree more with what was discussed. Brian has a comforting, easy way of approaching deep topics and makes things very relatable for me. His guests are incredible. I highly encourage a listen. We all get to have more support and community. P-Roy, thank you so much for your kind words. Uh, if you hear this, please contact me for free access to either Love, Sex, Relationship, Magic, or the Boundaries Program. Relationships suck without them. And if you're not P-Roy, please do consider writing a podcast review today on your podcast app. And if I read yours on a future episode, you'll get free lifetime access to one of my best-selling courses as well. I really look forward to reading your review. Now, back to my conversation with Ken Page. Take a deep breath and stay present with us all the way through to the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. Ken Page, it is an honor to have you on Men This Way, sir. Thank you for saying yes and for joining me today. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Brian. My my wife turned me on to you, Sylvie Kukasian. Mm -hmm. uh, she... Who I love. She's amazing and she's a she's a she's a very discerning woman, Ken, my mm -hmm. wife. She's incredibly discerning, more so than me. I'm a pretty discerning, mm -hmm. dude. But she's got eagle eyes, man. She nothing gets mm -hmm. by her. And so when mm -hmm. she when she points me in the direction of someone and says, You've got to pay attention to this person. They're doing something really interesting and, and meaningful and and uh I pay attention. And and uh she pointed me in the direction of you. So here we are. Welcome. 
Thank you. Thank you. And and I want to say that's pretty cool that you feel that way about your spouse. And, mm. you know, that's just a really nice thing. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for that. Um, so I, as I was doing my research as well, Ken, I, I went to your YouTube channel. I saw that you used to do this thing called Wisdom Wednesdays. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I love because this whole project that I'm doing, Men This Way, actually originated as Wisdom Wednesdays. Come Year, on. Years ago, I did my own little Wisdom Wednesday thing. Oh, my God. That's it so was cool. Like a, it, was like a, it was a live broadcast on Facebook. I mean, this is back in like 2017, 18, something like that. Wow. So I was wow. like, okay, That's, interesting. Interesting. Great. Little shared heritage. Brothers. Yes. Yes, sir. So uh, can normally where I like to start interviews and I shared this with you in our, in our mm-hmm. preliminary conversations, you know, I'll, I'll ask my guest, you know, whether man or, or woman, uh, something to the effect of tell us about a significant event or experience in your early life that played a fundamental role in shaping you as a man or, or as a woman. And I, I like that question because it just helps us get to know you in a, in a, in a unique way. But what, what, what I, what I, where I want to start though, rather than actually going into that question, because when I shared that with you, I like to share that with my guests to give them some time to think about it. Uh, that's the only question I, I tend to share before an interview to, to, to give them some time to think about it. You, I, I asked you because I'm, I'm aware that you are a, a gay man. If that's okay, I can use, use that language. So. Totally cool. It's great. And, and so, you know, and I asked, you know, I want to also be mindful and thoughtful to check in, you know, do you identify as a man, you know, in, 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 in my work and my coaching practices, all of that for me, the, the, the definition of man is just, do you identify as a man? If the answer is yes, let's dance. I love it. Right. That's, I don't need to know any more than that, but I'm really curious because you shared that you do identify as a man but that you welcomed me asking you about that. Yes, yes. And so this is where I'd like to start. Why, why did you, why were you interested and in why, I can't remember the exact language you use. I think you said uh, you would love and appreciate it if I asked you about identifying as a man and whether you uh, feel okay about that formulation of the question. So I want to just pause here. Why, why, why? Would you love and appreciate that? Or do you? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're kind of at the cutting edge of a new world that is moving past the gender binary and thinking of gender identity, not so much as a simple on off switch, but more like, like if you picture a light switch, the difference between a lighting console that has about a million different options that can change and a light switch that is either just on or off. We are moving toward this beautiful console understanding of gender identity. We are moving to this kind of understanding of identity and gender identity is a much richer and more varied thing that when you look at someone, you cannot necessarily know how they identify, which is why now people are being asked, how do you identify? Because uh, I am what's called cisgender. I identify as being a man. But you might look at me and I might say I'm transgender or I might say 
I identify as a woman or I identify as two spirit, which is a richer understanding. And I have fascinating research. And I think it's like cutting, cutting, cutting edge stuff in the world that makes such a huge difference. But so I think it's great to ask somebody like, what's your pronoun? What are the pronouns that you choose? What is your gender identity? Which for me is he, him, his, male. But my understanding of that and my feelings about that are like much richer than that. And I'm just Mm going to tell you one story to give an example of that. Great. My best friend died of AIDS in 1991, and I couldn't grieve when he died. He was my best friend Mm -hmm. to this day. I've never had a friend like him in my life. Um, Brings tears to my eyes almost now. So many years later, but I was not able to cry. I was not able to grieve. So I went to a really good therapist and I said, help, because I feel like really screwed up. I can't even cry. My best friend is dying of AIDS. My best, best friend, my like identifying friend, like he's the identification in my life. And I believe there's probably going to be two until the day I die Mm. of like what friend is. I couldn't cry. And the therapist said to me, can you picture a part of yourself that feels the grief? And I went inside and I got this image of this kind of, it was like a fertility goddess. It was a really big Mm. hipped woman whose hips were swaying and there was this rhythmic moving. Mm. And it was her Mm. that I identified with at that moment. And then the dam broke. And the tears mm. poured out and I grieved and grieved and mm. grieved. And it was she, that aspect of me that mm. helped me do that. So that's just like a story of like a richer understanding of gender identity. Well, well I, I'm getting chills for so many reasons right now because I've, I was just sharing with some of the men in one of my men's groups that I'm running about, about um, dreams I have had of, of the goddess, of this, this divine mm. mother goddess who, who has I, I, literally in my nighttime dreams, I haven't seen her for a long time, <laughs> but it's many years ago. Though. It's great. It's and, great. And particularly when I was mourning and, and grieving and going through painful uh, relationship, you know, longing for love uh, in, yeah. in that, 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 you know, kind of, I don't know, youthful, idealistic way. I would, I would have these dreams of, of, of this goddess who had sparkly eyes and this luminescent skin. And she, I remember once I was pushing her in a, uh, a, uh, a, a shopping cart in my mm, dream, pushing mm, the goddess mm. and she was just bathing or maybe she was pushing me. Maybe I was in the shopping cart and she was pushing me. I don't remember, but there was a shopping cart involved. I, re- I remember oh. the the love, the feeling of love that, and acceptance and embrace and compassion and all the things that I had been seeking in, in human women, which they can't provide as a human for maybe more than a few seconds. You know, we, we all have our, our moments of, of divine capacity to love, but then our, our humanness rushes back in. And I, I just, I, ref, I, I, you know, in the years since what I understand is like, that's a part of me, that goddess lives in me. Yes. Yes. Right? I mean, it was in my head, my dreams, I conjured her wherever she came from and in the inspiration of the outside, but she, she lives in me. And, and I'm hearing echoes of that and what you're sharing right now. Yes. I want us all to think bigger. I want us all to think bigger about this. And I, I 
I'll, I'll tell you another story. I'll tell you a story of uh, a woman and a man that I worked with because I was a psychotherapist for many years. I've just closed my practice. But um, this was actually a friend of mine, and she won a really, really big award, like one of the biggest awards in her field that you could win. I mean, it was huge, huge. And I remember her going on a date with a guy and saying to me, you know, I have to be in my feminine, so I can't get too... Mm fierce about this to bursting with pride to like pound the table mm. and have a beer and want to just celebrate. I can't mm. do that. Cause that's, you know, you can't find an alpha mm. guy. If you do that, you mm. can't, you can't do that. Um, that's the man's role. And I was like, this is fucking heartbreaking. Mm. And I have been heartbroken so many times by this. And so many mm. men, I remember this amazing guy coming to me and saying, you know, I'm not going to be able to find a woman really of my dreams because I'm not an alpha guy. Mm. And um, we are so trapped by these concepts and even so much in the new age community, you know, these concepts. And so what I would really encourage all of us to do is untether our authenticity from any expectation about gender identity and who we're supposed to be so that that can flow and that could change in sex, in talking, in communication, in our own inner experience of ourselves. And um, the research backs that up in fascinating ways. And um, just to share some things about that. Uh, I was speaking with a really brilliant researcher and she was just sharing a lot of research with me. And she said, what we try to do now is not say masculine and feminine, because that ties it directly to genitalia. Instead, to say expressive and instrumental, which does not tie it to genitalia at all. And you get to be the full range of that. And the research also shows that couples where there's uh, fluidity in terms of typical male and female roles, where folks can go in and out mm -hmm. in communication, in sex, in feeling, in expression, mm -hmm. are in fact the happiest and most successful couples, much more so than people who are like locked into roles. And I think that even in this kind of current environment and in a more new age environment we are still locked into this thing of like women have to be in touch with their femininity men have to be in touch with their masculinity it's bullshit we need to be in touch with us and mm. does that involve parts that are deeply instrumental and fierce mm. and does that involve people parts that are exquisitely tender and submissive absolutely yes in every arena of our lives so we need to allow ourselves that color but is it hard is it scary it absolutely is it's terrifying because there are these electrified tripwires of gender taboo that scare almost all of us scare me. I'm 66 years old and I grew up in that environment. Our youngest child is transgender and dances back and forth between gender expression in the way that is in a way that is just it's not an issue. Mm. I wish that I could do that. I have too many fears, mm -hmm. but I'm pushing in that direction. And I'm trying to teach people in that direction. So that's my broad kind of thing that I want to say about that. But I guess I'll say one more thing. Do you know Malidoma Somei? Do you know uh, his work? I do. I, I do. I'm, I'm an, I know he recently died. 
Um, did, oh, I, don't know I if you, didn't did you, know Did that. you know that? No, yeah, he recently no. died. Only maybe, uh, maybe within the last year anyway. Uh, oh, yes, wow. I, I'm not deeply familiar with him, but the teachers I study quoted him often. Yes, just an amazing, amazing, mm. amazing teacher with the most incredible story, personal mm. story. He was abducted. He was next in line to become the like kind of shaman in his tribe uh, in Africa, mm. in Burkina Faso. And um, he was abducted by Christian missionaries, ended up like being sent to Christian school, broke out at 13, hiked across, I don't know, 100 miles of desert or something like that, went back to his tribe and said, I'm here to continue. And they said, you can't now because you are a bridge builder. You need mm. to go to the Western world mm. and live in both mm. because you are both now. Anyway, he in his workshops would do this huge ritual of like moving from earth to heaven. It was like a it was the culmination of his workshops, and it had to be queer men at the gate between heaven and earth. Yeah. That was what he learned in his lineage because, and this is actually something that's really true in uh, a huge number of indigenous cultures, it was virtually almost always the queer people who were the shamans. Mm. And the reason why was because a definition of the sacred is one foot in each world and being mm. able to handle it. And mm. they thought that queer people were kind of able to do that more. So, um, you know, I think we've broadened past that. I think it gets to be all of us, but I share that um, as one of a million amazing stories of people who hopped those tripwires and mm. created magic in the world. You're listening to Men This Way. I'm your host, Brian Reeves. I trust you're feeling inspired by today's conversation, and I want to cut in real quick and ask you a question. Are you a man in a relationship that's struggling? Maybe your partner ain't happy and you don't know what she really wants from you or how to give it to her. Maybe you're not happy, and no matter what you do, you just don't know how to make things better. And do you want to make things better? Well, if you're thinking, yeah, to any of those questions, then you need to know about my new free training for men ready to create a truly thriving, intimate relationship, even when you're struggling. In this free training, I teach you the three key pillars of intimacy that you must learn to embody if you want to shift from the relationship sucking to finally unlocking the freedom, desire, and passion both you and your partner crave. And that is possible for you. And this isn't some stupid platitude. Like, this is real. I've been coaching men, women, and couples for over 10 years now. And I'm also married to my lovely bride of eight years. I know the mistakes we men make. I know the misunderstandings that trip us up. I know how our always good intentions too often just get us in trouble. And I know what you can do and say instead of the things you normally do and say that could actually help you start to fulfill your partner's deepest desires without losing yourself or sacrificing what really matters to you in the process. I know what she needs from you on a deeper level that will help her feel safe so she can more fully open herself to you. I know you're probably dying to end whatever stubborn conflicts you keep having. Or maybe you avoid conflict and you're finally seeing that doesn't work either. I know how to help you end unnecessary conflict and do conflict in skillful ways so that you can reliably create safety and trust that ultimately results in more peace and ease and freedom and connection for both of you. 
If your sexual relationship is stagnant or non-existent or somehow just not deeply satisfying to you both, and you want to know how to consistently foster affection and physically, emotionally, and even spiritually fulfilling sex, then do this. Go watch my free training video at training.elevaterelationship.com. This link will be in the show notes for this episode. It's also on my website. Seriously, if you're a man who is genuinely ready to thrive in intimate relationship, watch my free training video, The Three Secrets to a Thriving Relationship, even if you're currently struggling. The link is training.elevaterelationship.com. Again, training.elevaterelationship.com. It's less than 20 minutes. It's free, and it could totally change the relationship game for you. All right, let's pick up where we left off with today's guest on Men This Way. Wow, Ken, look, man, this is so good. And I'm already getting a sense that we're not going to get to some of the other things that you wanted to talk about in this. Uh, (laughs) We may have to come back and do another one to talk about. Um, I'd love to. About your, your, you know, I know you, you're, uh, you're, you specialize, I think in, in dating and, and, um, helping people date, uh, your, your book is called date deeper. Dating deeper, deeper dating, deeper how to drop dating. the games of seduction and discover the power of intimacy. And it's about the search for love as one of the most profound spiritual journeys of our adult lives. So trust me, I'm going to be weaving that in. But well, yes, wherever you want to go. Well, I'd like to stay here for a little while in this gender sure. identity question, because, man, this is such a rich exploration. And I love that you just mentioned Maladoma Somme. Because one of the teachers that I studied, uh, Bill Plotkin, are you familiar with Bill Plotkin's work? I'm not, no. So Bill Plotkin wrote a book, he's written many books, but uh, and he, he talks about Maladoma Somme in his book, but uh, I'll, I'll even put it on the screen here, Nature and the Human Soul. I mm. think you would love this book, Ken, Nature and the Human Soul. I love because, the title right off the bat. Uh, uh, the subtitle is Cultivating Wholeness and Community in a Fragmented World. Oh, beautiful. He wrote another book called Soulcraft. Bill, uh, Bill Plotkin, and the reason I think this is meaningful and relevant, Bill Plotkin, this book, Nature and the Human Soul, has kind of become my Bible of sorts. Mm. He maps out the developmental stages of, 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 of a human, what a human can go through from, from infanthood to elderhood. And he did this in kind of two, there's sort of two maps that he talks about. One is the the ego-centric society's map, which is all about comfort and care of the ego, mm. uh, entitlement, comfort, right? The, the whole, from, from infancy to elderhood, it's all about my comfort and my own care, right? The ego-centric. Yes. But the other map, the one that he suggests is a, 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 you know, a community that is alive and dynamic and, and embracing of all of its parts is what he would call an eco eco eco-centric oh i love that i love that community. eco-centric yeah, map. And, yeah. and he plots also he plots the developmental stages of that and and here's why this is relevant to me in this whole the gender identity conversation so because I, I see this through a frame and and i want to can I, I want some 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 perspective from you I, I would like to present this if that's okay and get love how that. i see the gender yeah. identity thing happening why i see so much pushback from a lot of people. I know that there are going to be listeners to this conversation. And I think this is a pretty, 
you know, open-minded. I mean, I stay, I'm a very open-minded person. I'm, I mean, I surround myself with open-minded people as best I can. And even amongst the, the so-called open-minded, there's, there's resistance, there's pushback, there's, oh yeah, you know, fear. There's fear, surely, and and confusion, and even even in some of the things that you just shared, I could hear some of our listeners, men and women, both thinking, "Wait, this guy's asking me to give up my identity as a man, and mm-hmm. maybe I could be a woman, mm-hmm. and pretend that maybe I could be a woman." Or this, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, Ken, if you just just bear with me for a moment, I want to yeah, present yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the f- the frame through which I see this. Yes. So one of Bill's. Uh, how do I say one of his presumptions about the world is that we are stuck in adolescence collectively by and large, we are an adolescent culture, right? And it does make sense. It's not hard to buy that. Right. (laughs) right, Tragically, it's so obvious when it's spoken. And what, what he's mapped out are, let's say, so the stages of adolescence, I I think I'm going to try to weave in this here the nature and the human soul with how I see what's happening in the gender identity conversation. One of the main tasks of adolescence per, per, per Bill's work is uh, to discover, to fashion, create a social presence that is both authentic. You've used the word authentic. I think in this conversation already, I can remember before we recorded or since we've been recording, but an authentic social presence, but that is he calls that the nature task. Like, who am I really in the world? Who am mm-hmm. I really? But then there's another task, a culture task that is that is also who am I in relationship to my peers, right? That's a different question. Who am I authentically mm-hmm. versus who am I in relationship to the other beings walking around? You know, am I am I a boy? Am I a girl? Am I am I going to be a doctor? Am I going to be a you know, am I an artist? Am I whatever those kinds of questions versus who am I really beyond all that? Right. Here's what I think. I, I, I believe that much of our world, we're stepping into a full adolescent rite of passage of sorts, like an, a, a, even initiation. I mean, climate change, the, the AI, the crises that we're facing as sort of kind of an, a potential annihilation right? The ways we have been cannot be anymore. We have to change or we are going to perish, right? Which is, you know, Maladoma Somme talked about boyhood to manhood rites of passage. Some boys didn't survive that, but better, the culture and community was better for having some losing some boys to the initiation uh, rite of passage than, than not initiating any boys and having grown men who were never initiated. Mm-hmm. I know I'm, I'm dancing around a bit here, but see, here's what I wonder. And I apologize. I usually don't talk this much, but no, but it's I'm, okay. I'm, I'm tracking you. Okay. Okay. Good. You. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <clears throat> but it's I think complex this is stuff. It is complex. I'm aware that when I was in my early twenties, I was in the military and I spent four months consciously wondering if I could be gay, mm. not because I was particularly drawn to men, but because there was a part of me that realized, well, I can find men attractive. I see, like, I I know what a good looking man is. Mm -hmm, Does that mm -hmm. mean I'm gay? And I just sat in that question for four months. I didn't talk to anybody about it. First off, I was in the military. That's, it was illegal. (laughs) It was illegal to be gay at that time. I could go to jail to be, if I was gay, military jail, uh, whatever, bad things could happen. And so I didn't talk to anybody about it, but I would imagine I would even in my head, you know, I'd be talking to a guy and he'd be like, what if I just start, can I make out with him? Like, what would that be like? You know, I did these thought experiments. 
Sure. Yeah. And I took, and four months, I just went there for about four months and I came to the realization, you know what? I'm not, I really, I'm really drawn to women. I can see that men are attractive, but I don't want to touch a man. I don't want to physically be physically intimate with a man. Like I'm clear. And that helped me from then on. I never experienced homophobia. I never, I just never had an issue being around gay men from, from, from then on. And so, but this is, this is kind of where I'm coming from, Ken. I, I wonder if there is a collective identity seeking that is happening. Like where it's finally okay to talk about these things in a way. I mean, a lot of people are saying, still saying, no, it's not okay. You're a man or you're a woman or get out, you know, go make your own weird country. But here we're men or we're women, right? So there's still that old antiquated pushback on oh, we're, yeah. we're not going to do what Bill Plotkin would say is the essential adolescent task of figuring out who are we authentically. Mm-hmm, and yet there's mm-hmm. a clamoring in society also for let's fucking figure out who we are authentically. Let me pause there. Just see what what's coming up for you with all this. Well, I love that. I love that. And, you know, that is why. Like, um, well, just to clarify, there is, of course, sexual orientation, which Mm. is one axis of identity, like who are you attracted to? People of the same sex, people of opposite Mm. sex, both um, people who are trans, you know, who are you attracted to? What's your orientation? Um, And then the other one is gender identity, which is a Mm. different axis altogether. Mm. Um, So you could identify as... Um, queer, which I think is this amazing word, because I mean, I don't like that word. It's just it's got like Mm. for me personally, it's got a lot of trauma attached to it. So Mm. I've never fully embraced it, except conceptually. It's fabulous because it allows for all of the spectrum. It doesn't limit that spectrum at all. So um, I think that that the more we do thought experiments where we can think, oh, I would like to, I'm heterosexual. Mm. I'd like to dress like Harry Styles in concert. Like mm. I would like to wear what I want to wear. <laughs> I would like to, yeah. you know, do yeah. whatever. Uh. Um, I I am interested in the color pink. I am interested mm. in wearing a skirt. I want to play with that shit. So, yeah. you know, I want to go to Burning Man. Freedom, I want to go to Burning Man. I want right. to wear a tutu. Wear a kilt. I want to wear a tutu, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. Like that kind of freedom which is so denied so denied and um as a somewhat repressed 66 year old even though i'm a gay man who is an activist and speaks about this stuff i get that repression i get that repression i see our youngest who is this stunningly beautiful girl who also can present as a boy and i just think wow is she free oh my god so that kind of she's 22 So the thought experiment that you're talking about, I think, is great for all of us. Another arena is sex, right? That's like also an axis that is not related to gender identity and it's not related to sexual orientation. Mm. So you could be like a cisgender male identifying male and really, really, really you love being a sub with your wife and um like so that's an entirely other a- different access that you know falls under the arena to me there are like three questions for profound sexual evolution and those are how do i feel safe what in what kind of sex do i feel safe another is with what kind of sex do i feel emotionally and spiritually moved 
And the third one is, with what kind of sex do I feel really turned on? And those are all identity questions for us and also for our relationships with others. So in all of these arenas, this concept of thought experiment and this allowing ourselves is is just a really great thing. And I'll just share one example. I'm a serious meditator. I've been meditating really seriously for actually like about over 40 years. And my meditation is incredibly important to me. And one of the meditations I do involves an in-breath and an out-breath, conscious in-breath and out-breath. And so often when I have done that in-breath, I feel like essence of the divine expressive, the divine, I, I, I feel this kind of very feminine energy and when I exhale, I feel this deeply masculine energy. And I just adore both of them. They're both they're both portals to something huge and beautiful and awesome and fantastic and delicious. So um yeah, but I think so I, I agree with you, but my big thought around that is that the minute we lock in to something where identity formation trumps authenticity mm. we're fucked yeah <laughs> what um, we want to yeah, do is 100%. always have the authenticity yeah. you know trump that and that is in sex and identity yeah. and all of that so yeah yeah well you know again i i can i would love at someday if you visit nature and the human soul because oh, even, i think i'd like to yeah i think you'll you'll be blown away by it i think you'll be deeply served by it he even tracks how our our what does he call it our center of gravity shifts from from infancy to elderhood for example our center of gravity when we're toddlers when we're in what he calls uh, like late childhood is the family it's the family and the natural world around me. That's it. That's my center of gravity. But when I become a, an adolescent, when I step into adolescence, my center of gravity shifts away from the family and towards my peer group yes. and society. Again, who am I? Right. And, and, and on and on the center of gravity in, in elderhood, we start getting into elderhood and the center of gravity shifts more towards the, the ineffable, you know, the cosmos, you know, we, we mm. start to, we're starting to leave the, the center of gravity of sort of uh, ethnocentrism or human, even human centrism. And we're starting to, to, to visit other realms anyway. I, I think you'll be deeply served by it. I, I love his work and, and um, it's an, it's helped me understand. I don't know if it's the right frame or not, if it serves, I, I share this with Sylvie sometimes and she can get a little mad at me <laughs> because I, th I think she thinks I'm being dismissive of the, of the pronoun conversation of the, of the gender identity conversation. And I don't think I'm being dismissive at all. I think in my brain, I'm just, I, I'm embracing that we have to go through this. All humans have to spend the four months or the four years or the 40 years or a lifetime, whatever. It's but gotta it's, be a lifetime. It has to be a lifetime <clears throat> because if it's not a lifetime, we are stilted. So yeah, it's gotta be an always thing. You're in the middle of sex with your partner and you're thinking what's really authentic. And so here's my question for mm. every one of us. What are you scared in this gender expression spectrum? What are you scared to express? What is that line where it feels too quote unquote feminine for you? 
What is that line where it feels too, quote unquote, masculine for you? What is across that line? That's your shadow point. What is across that line? What is on the other side of that line is your greatness. It's the missing piece. It is nuclear. It's the hidden part that is going to make you great. We so so there's a scary journey and there's an honesty journey, which is what the fuck scares me. And we have to admit what scares us. And just moving ahead with that a little bit further, we have to do that in our intimate relationships. Like, what are the things that and you, this is true for dating and it's true in intimate relationships. Like, what am I timid to ask for? You know, I have this concept of core gifts, which is the central concept in all the work that I do. And one of the ways that we can discover our core gifts is by asking ourselves this fabulous question, which connects to all the beautiful fears and possibilities that we're talking about. And here's what it is. What are the aspects of my being that I feel most timid to reveal and share and express to my partner? What are the asks that make me feel mortified or embarrassed or scared to ask for? And if your answer is no, no, there are none, then you're numb. <laughs> then you're numb because that is an absolute impossibility. Mm. And when you can embrace that, you embrace your other self. And so this is actually true in the gender identity arena, too. So when you hit that line where let's say you're identified whatever gender you're identified with i'm when a man hit, i'm a man i i, I feel let, let's let's start there because i i feel very perfect. comfortable and 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 proud not over not not in some weird way <laughs> you know not in some pedestaled in way a just beautiful like, way in, in a, a beautiful, beautiful way. way yes thank absolutely. you absolutely 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 so what is the place where you start hitting the tripwire of if i show that it's going to be too feminine it's going to be you don't have to answer this but well it's i'll going answer to be it too, i'll be happy to answer it i think oh, this is dude, a great exercise great, yeah. great 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 where what is the and i'll i'll answer it too okay. um what is that place where it's scary to show my partner this part of me because it's too vulnerable it's too it's yeah. too feminine whatever is in that quote-unquote arena of feminine like that's gonna i'm gonna lose some gold if i do that something yeah. you know Every one of us needs to know the answer to that. So I'll ask you and I'll answer yeah. it too. Well, I know immediately what comes up for me is, is crying. Uh, my, my, yeah. my wife has told me she loves it when I cry. She wants me to cry. She, she, you know, she'll put her finger to the corner of my eye sometimes when we're watching a movie just to see if there's a teardrop there. <laughs> yes, Very playfully. Yes. But I can feel the part of me. It's, 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 it's not a conscious, this is too feminine. I don't use that language in my head, but I definitely- No, 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 this usually isn't conscious, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely, a, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not allowed. I can't do that. That's it. That's, That's really it. That's how it. it just sounds. Don't do that, you can't. So when you do that, your whole life will blow up in the most amazing ways. You will become, you will step into your greatness in the most fucking unbelievable mm. ways. Yeah. Because that's your shadow self. So, you know, for me, I say this to my husband, he can rest his head on my chest for hours and I hold him. Um, my dad's a Holocaust survivor. And, and that mm. went back to your original question about masculine and, you know, wow, wow, identify uh, um, seminal moments to like, think about what does it mean to be a man? So I could come back and say something about that. But he was like a really tough motorcycle riding, mm. fierce, like no fucking fear. He mm. would literally go 
like in Germany after the war, he would go to the dog pound kind of place, the animal shelter, and he would say, which is the most dangerous dog, the one that you're going to put to sleep? And because of its, you know, dangerousness, leave me alone with him in a leash. And he would walk out with that dog. Wow. He, you know, he, he's a real tough <laughs> wow. guy. Uh-huh. He's a real tough guy. Yeah. Um, so, and I wasn't. So, you know, there's there's deep implanted shame as a gay man, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I can barely rest my head and lay my head on my husband's chest. Mm. I feel like if I do, he won't love me because I'm mm. too weak. Mm. Um, meanwhile, he's like the football playing jock. Mm. So it's like a funny kind of thing, but um, <laughs> but he could do yeah. it with me. I can't do it with him yet. Uh, and I wow. tell him that. So that's just a story of like a certain level of yeah. tenderness that there's still shame. But so we should both make a commitment to each other right now mm. that we're going to like do this. Mm. like we're really going to open to doing this and then maybe in our next uh episode we could share what that's like yeah well you know i think about that and and it, it takes me to the edge of my practice you know right. the edge I gotcha, of the, baby i got gotcha. the edge of practice i i look at those moments and they happen pretty regularly you know we we this is this we we live in the netflix era don't we i never watched so much tv in my life until you know this the the the, the, the this is the streaming era <laughs> and, and it, do you know that that research shows that it actually brings a couple closer together to like have some shows that you watch together i did not know that that's yeah, good to know yeah, that's good to yeah, know yeah, yeah yeah it probably you probably first get to have to be uh, probably first disconnects you as you're searching for the show. And both of you are arguing for shows that the other doesn't want to watch. Right. right so right. there's some turmoil. He probably, we certainly go through. Right. But when we yes. find the show, Oh, it's gold. Yes, yes, it's yes, gold. Yes, yes. Oh, that makes sense. Why it feels like such a betrayal when they watch an episode without me. Oh yes. That's cheating. That's, <laughs> that's cheating. cheating. Yes. That's cheating. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, but it, it, so it happens regularly. A new and, definition for serial monogamy. I, so I, see, I see what you're doing there, Ken. Let me let me ask you. Well, 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 could you coach me on how I can, how you would coach me, or or help me step into a practice that when I hit that moment, okay, here it is. Uh, emotions. There's something happening, even just on, on the screen. My wife is right here. She's giving me the side eye to see if I'm crying, and I can see the part of me that's like, nope, can't show her. <laughs> What's a practice that I could? to help me relax into that and lean into that and allow oh, that. Well, this is my favorite practice apart from my regular meditation. It's one that I do pretty much every day. And uh, later on, I will give people, you know, I'll tell you where to go to get access to mm-hmm. uh, an audio recording of that practice, but it's the inner mentor practice. So um, can I guide you in it really briefly? Sure, please. Yeah. Okay, good. So just close your eyes for a moment. And we're going to hold this concept that that you is like a door opening to so much deeper love, to more of your greatness, to more of your amazingness, to more of your capacity. And I'd like you to imagine a Brian, like it's like your older brother. It's like it's like an evolved you. It's like an enlightened you who's free to cry. Like he has crossed over that river and he could just do it. He could do it. Just you don't have to earn it. You don't have to be there. Just imagine that you and imagine what it would feel like in your heart, in your body. And remember maybe times when you did, like, even if you didn't out loud cry, but that streaming happened inside of you and you let it happen. And just picture your flowingness as you cross those foreign borders 
and you allow yourself to inhabit your heart, all these chambers of your heart, and how cool it would be with your wife. And um, you just imagine all of that amazing stuff, like getting through this adventure. And picture that you, how you'd feel in your heart, how you'd feel in your body when you can stream in this way. Okay, just picture, imagine that you, what his eyes look like, what his face look like. And now, just like method acting, without thinking, step into him. Because it's a stretch, but it's you. It's just you. So step into him. Just imagine you're stepping into him, into his beautiful flowing heart. And look at the you of today right now. And from this place, and you could do it internally, or you could do it out loud if you want, but it's fine to do it internally. Think of the guidance you would call out to the Brian of today to help him cross this river, to help him get there. What would you want to say to him? Just think of that. Good. Now, just imagine coming back into you, but you're looking at this inner mentor who is like your friend, your older brother. And just imagine uh, the two of you embracing and you get to be both. You're your inner mentor and you're the you of today. And you guys get to be friends. And the more friendship you have with him, the more you will naturally be able to do this. That's the process. So slowly come back and open your eyes. Uh, yeah, can I share just some reflections oh, with what came do. up for me? Yeah. 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 So I, I love, um, there's parts work in there. You know, the internal mm-hmm. family systems. I, I've, there's a there's a part of me that that I can I know knows how to do this, knows how to cry, knows how to mm-hmm. yeah. how to relax, how to just be the moment. We could say, uh, I, what what came up for me also is a uh, Francis Weller. Are you familiar with his work? Francis Weller wrote a book called um, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. Another book I strongly recommend, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. He's the one that actually introduced me to Maladoma Somme. But he talks about grief and grieving. And yeah, yeah. There, there are two things required to move to move grief. One is it, it needs containment and release. I, if I'm the container for my own grief, I can't release it. Because I, I, there's a falling apart that has to happen in grief. There's a letting go. that ha- And, and if, if nobody is containing me, and I, no one ever contained me. No one ever gave me safe containment in my whole damn life. I've never oh, had wow. safe containment to grieve, right? Wow. Quite the opposite. It was always, it's dangerous to, to cry, dangerous to feel. I mean, I was in the fucking military, but not just that. I was a boy in this culture. I was a person <laughs> because women got the same. You know, everyone gets the same. Whatever, however you identify, it's not women safe. Women get it differently, yeah. They get right. it differently, but it's not safe. And so I've been the container. I've had to hold my own grief. And I think a lot of, a lot of our listeners can surely relate to this. Like, again, I'm the container. It's, I can't release it. And so what, what, what you, what just came up for me in that, in that meditation is there is a, there's a, there's a, there's, there's someone in me who's older, wiser, mature, more mature, more, you know, uh, I guess just, I don't know. There's someone who can hold my, hold, be the container for me, for mm-hmm. the other, for the other part mm-hmm. of me that needs to grieve to, to grieve. Wow. Right. That's all within me. And so, you know, I'm also my wife, she, she wants to be a container to help so that I can grieve. But again, I, the trust, my nervous system doesn't fully trust. It's so strange, but anyway, thank you so much, Ken, for that, 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 
practice, that awareness, the inner, you called it the inner mentor? Inner mentor. Yeah. Yeah. You later on, I'll give everybody a link so that they can get that meditation. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I know I'm just mindful of time. I would like to, uh, kind of follow, maybe we'll, again, I, I think coming back and let's do something in the fall to, to explore some of the other topics that we won't get to today. Let's do it, but let's make a commitment to each other right now that between then and now, we're going to come back with some progress. We're going to talk to our partners and say, this is what scares me. Mm-hmm. Let's play with some ideas for how you could help me get there. What do you I like, like, deal? I, I like it, deal. I'm in. Me too. I like it too. Scary, but I like it. So in... In our, again, our, pre- our preliminary conversations, you sent me a message that uh, leapt out at me and I just want to read it here and, and then hand it off to you to, to kind of take us through. I think we'll, we'll ultimately conclude here, even though we're, this is a, still a big, a big, massive subject. But you, you said, I'd like to talk about how traditional concepts of who men and women are and who they should be get us into huge trouble and hold us back from real intimacy and some powerful research uh, that backs that up and how many of these insights frequently from the LGBTQ community hold keys for men and everyone to experience more freedom in sex, love, and intimacy, as well as self love. So I know we're already dancing in that field, but take us more into what you were pointing at in that, in that, that paragraph. Okay, so I want to give an image that is, to me, an incredibly simple map of the entire intimacy journey, including intimacy with self and intimacy with soul. Okay, really simple. So picture a target, and if you, it's in my book. So if you want a graphic, if that fits, you know, for you know your uh, what you do, I could give that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I could give you a graphic. But anyway, it's really easy to picture. It is a target with three circles. So if you picture that inner circle is what I call your gift zone, that's where your heart is open. You may be feeling grief, you may be feeling joy, but you're holding it with some compassion and some space and some care. That's the holy land. When we can feel whatever we're feeling and we can hold it with humanity and compassion, we're there. We are lit from within. We are amazing. But the thing about that gift zone is that our greatest wounds are there too. Our deepest insecurities are there. That's the land of really heartfelt authenticity. And also all of the gender identity taboos are there too. Like I can't be this, I can't be that. I was this, I was hurt, I was that. It's scary, it's really scary to live in your gift zone. So the next level out is the zone of protection. And that's where we get numb, where we watch too much TV and eat too many Cheetos and, you know, whatever it is that we do. And it's kind of like as you get further out in the target, you move more deeply into that zone of protection. You move further away from the beating heart of your humanity, which is at that center circle. The more you go into that center circle, the more you are in the fire and the heart of that self. And I believe at the center of the center of the center of that circle is the soul. 
So then you're going out, there's this gift circle, then the next, the gift zone, the next ring out is the zone of protection where you're kind of numb and distant and somewhat shut down, but you're not like dead inside. And then the next zone is the zone of disconnection. Mm-hmm. And that's where dangerous emptiness, emptiness starts to come in. You go out, the further you go out, it's always for protection. It is always for protection because the deepest wounds lie within and in the center. The further out you go, the more painful it gets. And our task, and this is a gorgeous, gorgeous process. Picture that target. Imagine you had a push pin. Where would you put it right now about where you are? What could you do to move that push pin closer to the very center of that gift zone? So in your day-to-day life, in our day-to-day life, the question is how close are we living to the center? And um, it's not easy. We need to learn to bear both deep joy and deep sorrow in homeopathic doses because it's fierce. It burns us up. It's really intense. Mm. So the question is, and this relates to gender identity too, how much you are are you being? How much are you breaking those standards of, oh, I can't do this because it's not male enough. It's not Mm. female enough. How much are you just being in this flow of your gorgeous, amazing being? Mm. And um, that's the question. And when we do that, we hit up against all this stuff of like, oh, my gender identity won't allow me to do this. Or maybe other things won't. And the brave step of saying, fuck that. I'm going to be me. I'm going to taste this. I'm going to live in it. I'm going to be brave enough to experience it. When we do that in sex, when we do it in relationships, when we do it without drugs and without alcohol, I'm not talking about like the conscious use of psychedelics or anything like that. But when we do it consciously, when we really go there as ourselves, this is the deep, deep meaning of liberation. And it's the deep meaning of intimacy. So using that image, wherever gender identity stuff stops you from going closer to the center you are at a gold mine because on the other side of that Mm. tripwire is a much more amazing you yeah (sighs) yeah what what occurs to me ken as you share that map is you know the, the the work that i do and likely the work that you do is, is so, so much of the world is, is living in those outer rings, right. Of protection and disconnection. Yeah. That in the simplest telling of it, I believe that even like conversations like this, like I, 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 as you were, as you were talking, I was even like imagining the introduction to our conversation in my head a little bit and like, wow, I, I, I almost, you know, I think we're, we're having what I like to call a wisdom conversation. What the mm-hmm. hell does that mean? Well, I'm not really sure, but what it, <laughs> it has, it has a sense of, it's like participating in it, listening to it yes. has a, yes. that alone has the act of moving us towards closer out of, out of our disconnection and our protection closer to something really raw and real and vulnerable and, and, and deeply, deeply true. And, and well, that's, that's the gift of what you do. I really, yes, totally. Thank you. So, so that map, so, so people can learn more about what you just described in your book, Deeper Dating. Right, right. They can yeah. learn about it in a lot of different ways. I have yeah. a podcast, the Deeper yeah. Dating podcast. It's for everybody in relationship, out of relationship. Um, if you 
Should I tell how people can find out more? Let's, about yeah, that please, now? please do. I know we want to. I want to finish here in just a moment or two. So yeah, please, please share with people what you want them to know about what you're up to, where they can find you. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I will say that you know I've closed my practice, but I offer intensives for small groups of twelve people mm-hmm. over six months, working really closely with me. And you can learn about that when you go to deeperdatingpodcast.com and then go to work with Ken. Um, but if you want to get the, uh, if you want to be on my mailing list and if you want to get a copy of an ebook describing these keys to deeper intimacy for everyone and also an audio meditation of this beautiful inner mentor practice and a personal journal, just go to deeperdatinggifts.com, deeperdatinggifts.com, and then you'll be on my mailing list. You'll get to hear about everything. Or you can go to deeperdatingpodcast.com or you can get my book, which is called Deeper Dating. And if you do that, you can learn more about the intensives, other things that I offer, other things that I believe in. Um, So, you know, and of course, on all social media, Deeper Dating or Ken Page, but usually Deeper Dating. Uh, I love that you're doing groups and for, you know, six, mm. six months, I, I, I've, I too focus now on longer term group yeah. work together. There's such power and in, in oh, possibility in that. Amazing. And these groups actually virtually every single one continues on as a mm. self-run group after mm. six months because they bond yeah. so deeply. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and all, all of those links as well will be in the show notes for this episode so, uh, Ken, we have so much more to talk about. Um, I'm excited to do this again uh, in the fall. Sounds great. Sounds and great. With our shared goals. With our reporting backs of uh, of of what has transpired. Yeah, I'm going to share uh, with Sylvie today. You know what we talked about. Oh, and, great. Uh, so I'm I'm just thank you even for for prompting that conversation. She'll she'll delight in it. She's gonna she's gonna scream with delight when I tell her how our conversation went. That's the the gift of her is 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 emotion and joy and you know she feels yeah. it all. I mean I've I've never seen anyone cry so hard as I see my wife uh, cry. And I've never beautiful. and she she's celebrates beautiful. the same. And that's that's what drew me to her. And I know that a part of that yeah. is she she represents a part of me that I am still seeking to reclaim, which is my own emotionality and, and capacity for, for full expression. So, yes, yes. When I tell Greg about this, which I'll also do today, he'll laugh. He like, will not under, <laughs> he'll be like, I don't really get why this scares you, but yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, Ken, it's truly an honor. Thank you so much for, for joining me. And I, I look forward to doing this again in the future. Thank you so much, Brian. Me too. This was really, really wonderful. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to my guest, Ken Page. To receive Ken's free inner mentor audio meditation or his personal journal or his ebook and learn more about what he's up to, go to deeperdatinggifts.com. You can also find his podcast at deeperdatingpodcast.com. Of course, those links and any additional resources will be in the show notes of this episode and also on my website at brianreeves.com slash menthiswaypodcast. And also remember, if you want or need real transformational relationship coaching with me to help elevate your intimate relationship, go watch my free 20-minute training video at training dot elevate relationship.com to get started on your coaching journey with me. And if you're really in an urgent pinch, feel free to reach out through my website.
But again, that link is training.elevaterelationship.com. And please do consider leaving a review on your podcast app. If I read your review in a future episode, I'll hook you up with free access to one of my online courses as a thanks. And you can learn more about those at brianreeves.com programs. And of course, don't forget to subscribe yourself if you're not already a subscriber while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.